Hello, friend. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Zach Holt, and this is Come to the Table. Some of our most intimate conversations happen at the kitchen table. Walls crumble as space is created to know one another more deeply. Hurt and heartache are replaced by hope and healing when we pull up a chair, let down our guard, and simply be who we are, where we are. In our time together, we'll step into the shoes of others through recovery stories of redemption, offer resources and connections for those in need, and come together as a community starving for revival in our region. So if you're hungry, you came to the right place. Well, guys, we're really excited to have you here today on uh, Come to the Table, our, our first episode in 2024. And so today's going to be a little bit unique. Normally, this is a space where uh, we pull up a chair and I have somebody else here in the room with me and, and we walk through, encourage them to open up their story and kind of share a little bit about their struggles and their past and everything that they've been through. But today, I thought we would do something a little bit different to launch us into the new year. So first, I want to recap briefly some of the the big wins and the cool things that have happened for us in 2023, uh, and then kind of launch into uh, a couple of questions that have recently been submitted. Uh, Moving forward, I think we're going to take one show per month to start off and and have a a live call-in show so uh, that people can call in on the spot with recovery questions that they have or uh, maybe a need that they're struggling with, a story uh, that they'd like to share. Uh, And so so in order to kind of gear us up for that, um, I thought today I would answer a couple of questions that have been submitted to me, uh, things I hear quite often. um, and, And I feel like that would be maybe a helpful way, not just to kind of introduce this idea of having sort of an an open community, a back and forth dialogue, but then also to kind of give these individuals some resolution on the answers uh, to the questions that that they've asked me lately. Um, so today's going to look a, bit, a little bit different, um, but hopefully it will be some, some content that's going to be incredibly helpful for you, especially as we look ahead towards uh, this new year, uh, all the amazing things. I, I've been telling people all week that I, I still think that the best is yet to come. People keep talking, man, this has been such a great year, so exciting, this stuff happening. And I'm like, I just, man, you just hang on. Uh, I, I believe the, the best is still to come. So I do want to thank all of our partners, our uh, financial partners, um, supporters, uh, gosh, the staff here at WHC 90.7 and Wise FM 90.5 have been uh, tremendous in, first of all, uh, opening the door just to create space for us to have this show on weekly. Um, would encourage you to check out our podcast on WEHC Come to the Table. You can search it that way as well as on Spotify. So if there are episodes that you've missed, you can always backtrack and listen to those so that you can access that content anytime, not just at one o'clock on Tuesday afternoons. So would point you to that. And again, a big thanks uh, to Emory and Henry and the radio station here for uh, letting us come in and, and try this thing out and seeing how it goes. And it's been uh, a beautiful response so far. Um, so number one, that's been been a great win for us. But also because of the the loyal support um, of organizations like Fairview Housing, uh, which has been uh, of amazing uh, assistance to us over this year. And I was I was doing the math and I was thinking about um, between the facilities that we're connected with, uh, serve as chaplain with Bristol Lifestyle Recovery, uh, which is a, a residential inpatient facility in Bristol um, that has uh, roughly 75 men in that facility, and then mended women. 
Lifestyle Recovery, which is the female counterpart that's in Abingdon, Virginia. I think they've got around 30. Um, and then our 117 program um, that operates on the Tennessee side of the building in which Bristol Lifestyle Recovery occupies. We have about 15, 17 guys in that program now. And I started doing some math and I started adding up and I, I was amazed that between uh, Mended Women and Bristol Lifestyle and 117, um, that over the course of this past year, there have been 125,925 meals uh, that have been served. Uh, 125,925 meals that have been served over the course of this past year uh, to individuals who, if it weren't for 117 Mended Women, Bristol Lifestyle, uh, may not have had a, a meal that day. So that in and of itself was just a, a staggering number. Uh, and I know a, a lot of people have come together to make this dream and this vision between the three programs. Uh, and, and gosh, this next year, there's more coming and just amazing stuff. But but when I started adding up and doing some math and I was like 125,925 meals, that is um, a powerful number and really put some perspective to the size and the magnitude um, of what we are able to accomplish. And, and another number would be 42,000, uh, 42,000 uh, nights where uh, people have slept across all the facilities, 365 days a year, um, you know, right around 120 residents and 120 residents, 365 days a year, 42,000 nights of rest, safe nights of rest, uh, where people aren't out in the streets, uh, where people aren't in trap houses and sketchy places and unsafe places, um, places with no power. It's, it's wild how, how many individuals we connect with over the course of the week um, who just, they just want a sleeping bag. Like they, they just, um, they don't know what tomorrow brings, but they just know that it's getting down to 22 tonight and I, I don't have anywhere to go. Um, and so we, we get requests all the time, uh, for sleeping bags and for blankets and for hand warmers. Um, and that leads us to another thing that, that we want to celebrate. We sent out uh, almost a hundred baskets uh, on Christmas Eve, baskets that included uh, blankets and beanies. Uh, I don't know the difference between a beanie and toboggan, but uh, we had uh, blankets and beanies. Uh, we had thin gloves. We had thick gloves. We had body wash. We had shampoo. Uh, we had uh, deodorant, and these baskets were just overflowing. There was even like a game in there and like a book in there and um, some snacks and candy and all kinds of different stuff. Um, and it, it takes a lot of people to, to make that happen. And so for all of our friends out there who donated gloves to us, who donated uh, toboggans and blankets, um, and it's not just like one or two people. It's like a, a whole community uh, of people. Uh, recently, I'll give a, a shout out to, to Ginger Fleener. She um, comes to, uh, we have a gathering uh, on Sunday nights at the Boys and Girls Club in Bristol where we serve a, serve a big meal to the community. And uh, so Ginger shows up this, this one Sunday night. She's got this like pink box. Um, and it's like a lockbox thing, like a, almost like a suggestion box, I guess. And so, um, so she had index cards and she had pins. And so the idea behind it um, was that folks could submit, like if they put their, you know, their name and their contact information and like something that they needed and they could um, put it on that card and they would drop it in there. 
And so at the end of the night, uh, she she sends me um, like five or six pictures of these different things that people submitted. And one of them was like uh, they were homeless and they, they had a cat that kind of hung around them. And so they wanted some cat food. Uh, another person had just gotten into an apartment, um, but all they had was a box spring. They didn't have a mattress. And so kind of some things like that. And initially, when Ginger sent me all the pictures, I was like, oh, my gosh, she thinks that I'm going to get all these myself. Um, but Ginger had bigger plans. And so Ginger had, had kind of built this this unity and community Facebook group um, that has just been tremendous. Uh, this chatter between these folks where, uh, you know, these requests will get posted and somebody will say, hey, I'll stop buying at cat food. Where do I need to drop it off? Or another person will say, um, hey, my son just went off to college. I've got, you know, a twin mattress that'll be perfect. And so it's like all these people that are just kind of behind the scenes, like uh, low key, just coming in and, and supporting all these needs. And so uh, with the kind of ministry that we have, um, trying to be there uh, for the homeless individual. Right after I leave recording this show, I'm, I'm taking uh, some hot hands and some gloves uh, to a gentleman named Mark in downtown Bristol who um, has just had a, a really, really hard time uh, finding housing and finding some stability in his life. And, um, you know, guys, in, until you've been on the other side of that, it's, it's so easy to pass by all of our friends who maybe feel cast out and left out and forsaken and forgotten. Um, and, and for those whose eyes have been opened to the reality of homelessness in our area, um, that they're not, like Pastor Caroline last week, she said, they're not bad people, they just got a bad hand of cards. Um, and so amazing work that Hunt is doing. And I'm just really encouraged. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I'm really encouraged about uh, all of the amazing things, all of the people that are coming together, that uh, nonprofit work in, in Bristol, Abingdon, it doesn't feel like a competition. It truly is beginning to feel like a collaboration because I think collectively we're recognizing that the need is bigger than any one agency, any one person can tackle. And so I'm seeing uh, walls coming down. And instead of instead of building fences, I feel like we're beginning to build wells, uh, community projects that are intended to be sources of life, not uh, objects of division. Um, and, and we're beginning to, to uh, quarrel over these less significant things. Uh, we're, we're, we're ceasing some of that, and instead we're casting big visions about, okay, 2024, like what is, what is radical change in the city of Bristol look like? And so some of those pieces are, are really starting uh, to, to make way, and, and th- some things are starting to shift. Um, if you have questions about how you might get involved, if they're uh, if you have a heart, if you're hearing some of this and you're like, man, you know, I've got uh, a whole a whole basement full of soup uh, <laughs> and uh, and I, I would really like to contribute and get involved or, or whatever it might be. Uh, you can always reach out to me, Zach Holt at uh, the table Bristol 117 at gmail.com and uh, would love to coordinate with you and uh, collect any donations that you might have that may be able to be a blessing and a support. Uh, to our community. Uh, last night, I go to the jail on Thursday nights. And so uh, last night I was up there and, and Danny Thompson, who's the chaplain at the jail, they had just finished up every Christmas. They distribute uh, deodorant and toothpaste um, to to all of the inmates, which is like, you know, 800 at Abingdon. And then they've got Duffield and they've got Haysai. 
Um, and so not a little bit of toothpaste and deodorant goes out uh, to those inmates. And so he called me and he was like, hey, I've got a, a few things left over from Christmas. Would you be able to take them down and use them for your ministry? And uh, I was like, well, absolutely. And, and uh, so I show up last night to pick it up. And, um, and one of the, the guards is like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to need a hand truck. And, um, and so I go back to Danny's office and I'm seeing like box after box after box. Like I've never seen so much deodorant in my life. Um, but it's funny because, uh, that was actually the thing that we ran out of as we distributed baskets the other night. So now that need gets replenished. Um, yeah, I've shared before, I think it was on the very first episode uh, there's a story that that I read, and, and in the end of the feeding of the 5,000, uh, Jesus says, uh, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. Um, and, and I love within uh, the economy of God how he is a recycler uh, of all things. Um, how the, the jail had this amazing uh, outreach. They were able to supply these hygiene products, for it, but, but there was some left over, right? So gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted, uh, right? And now those very things that were leftovers at the jail can be recycled and distributed to uh, our unhoused friends in the city of Bristol and those that are kind of struggling through economic hardships. Uh, so this year has been great, uh, really seen some, some amazing traction, looking forward to all that is ahead in 2024. So you just hang on and uh, keep listening uh, for the show, and, and we'll hopefully be able to supply you with, with updates as we move through this next year and everything that's ahead. So I'll take a quick second and remind you that you are listening to Come to the Table on WEHC 90.7 and WISE FM 90.5. Uh, unfortunately, we do not have a guest today, so you get to hear my voice for another 17 minutes. Today, we're going over, uh, we finished a recap of 2024, and uh, now we're going to step into um, a couple of questions that have been submitted from individuals, and the, the reason for this is, is twofold. One, um, uh, because I'm sure you would get hired of, of me just talking uh, for another 17 minutes, but, but largely, seriously, that um, we, we are trying to move towards once a month having um, an hour-long call-in show uh, where folks can, can actually uh, call live and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm struggling with this thing, uh, or uh, I'm recently unhoused and I don't know where to turn, Wh- whatever that kind of stuff may be. And we, we want to be um, a sounding board and we want to be a community and we want to be a support. Um, so this is kind of our way sort of leaning into that uh, and stepping into that. And so I just want to kind of introduce a, a couple of themes and a couple of questions that I've gotten lately, and, uh, and we'll, just, we'll just see how it goes. But do stay tuned. We'll let you know. Um, I'm thinking probably, you know, the first, maybe the first show in February or something like that, if you want to start uh, kind of looking towards that date, um, as well as a little bit of a longer broadcast as well than the 30 minutes. Uh, normally for our interviews, just, just go by so fast. Uh, and, and so this, this was a question uh, that was submitted to me this past Sunday in, in the middle of the night. And, um, and so this individual is, has, has been struggling for a little bit. And uh, so this person texts and, and says, will you please tell me how to stop? Uh, how did you stop? Um, I just want to quit trying to kill myself and hurting the people I love most. Uh, how did you do it? And so, first of all, I, I want to, you know, if this individual is listening, I, I want to let you know that, that there are lots of people that uh, love you dearly. And if you um, are having those thoughts of, of harming yourself, then that's certainly something that you need to reach out immediately. 
um, and would encourage you to uh, to contact a professional that can help you kind of step back off of off of those thoughts. But in the capacity that I'm able to help you, uh, I want you to know that that I love you uh, very much, and there are lots of people uh, that are praying for you and cheering for you. Um, and so my response to this individual is is simple. Uh, it's not easy, but it, but it's simple, and uh, it's it's surrender. Um, it's surrender. It, as, as long as I still thought that I had a good idea left in the tank, um, <laughs> I, I, would, I would stumble and I would fall and, and I would uh, flounder in that and I would think, uh, oh, wait, I've got, a, I've got an idea. Uh, but, but there comes a point after so many failures where you, you run out of good ideas. Um, and and that's, that's actually a, a good place to be. Um, it doesn't seem like it at the time, but when the rug has been absolutely pulled out from under you and you have nowhere to turn and nowhere to look um, and you're just busted, you, you just come up and you've got nothing. Um, it's, it's in those moments and it's within uh, you know, my perspective, my, my perception and belief of, of faith that the way to victory is through the uh, concession of defeat. It's, it's when we acknowledge um, that a life-controlling problem ha- has us beat, um, that that is actually the first step towards uh, finding success and finding victory and finding power um, over that very thing. Um, you know, another thing that, that I think was, was super, super important, like surrender, that was, that was the catalyst, uh, that was the groundwork. And, and this kind of connects a little bit to uh, another question that, that I get asked a lot, and I, I, I think it's going to really help this individual as well. Um, of course, you know, hurt people hurt people um, and healed people heal people. Uh, and so, so we want to be cautious um, when, when we accept this advice that, that we're, we're in a space um, that we are, we're healed and we're whole and we're strong and we're able to step out um, and that we're serving others for the right reasons. But the best piece of advice, people ask me all the time, what's, what's one thing about recovery that if I can get this right, man, I'll, I'll just crush it. Um, and, and I tell people all the time, if you want to keep it, you have to give it away. Uh, there's a, a, a story I, I read, and, and in it, it, it describes these two images. One of the images is of the, well, it's, it's, it's describing the, the, the Dead Sea, which is the, the saltiest body of water in the earth. It's so salty that nothing can, can grow in it. Uh, and it's, it's stagnated, uh, and there's really no flow out of it. And so basically, it's the place where things go to die. Um, and, then, and then the other image described in this narrative um, is one of this flowing river. And, and what you notice when you read this narrative is that where the river flows, life grows. Um, and that on the banks of this flowing river, you have fishermen, you've got you know, all of this vibrant life that's just erupting. Um, because in order to, to truly be flourishing in life, you, you can't just have everything coming in and just holding on to it. Um, and, and because that, that lends us towards a place of complacency. Um, and if you are coasting, I know this from my life as, as a cyclist and a triathlete, that if you're coasting, it's because you're going downhill, right? If you're coasting, it's because you're not pedaling. Um, and eventually your momentum is going to run out. You're going to bottom out. And if you quit pedaling long enough, you're going to fall off the bike or you're going to end up in, in a ditch. Um, and so where the river flows, life grows. So it's important um, that we keep this principle in mind that if you want to keep uh, what's happening in your life, the, the best things in life are best kept when you, when you set them free. 
um, that all of the love that I have in my heart um, for others, if if I just held on to it, I'd I can't imagine what it would be. It's it's so much more uh, uh, fulfilling. It just feels right to to set that stuff free. Uh, when I see people that uh, the individual that I'm about to go meet that's still kind of struggling in in homelessness and in addiction, um, I can't imagine just passing him by and just say, "Man, best of luck to you." You know, I, I found that we we have a we have a solution and and we have an answer. Um, and so it, it feels like it would be an injustice to just hang on to that. So the best piece of advice I could give uh, in terms of staying sober, staying on the path, is if you want to keep it, you have to give it away. And maybe that looks like calling us and saying, hey, look, I've got some gloves. You know, I want to give away. Uh, maybe that looks like, um, hey, I would like to come out on Tuesday nights and help you serve dessert at the Salvation Army. Uh, maybe that looks like, hey, I would like to contribute in this way. Maybe it looks like you don't even know how to contribute, and but you know you want to. And so you just send me an email at thetablebristol117 at gmail.com, and I can give you a list of, of probably 50 different ways uh, that we could use uh, your input. So if you want to get sober, if you want to find some momentum, uh, surrender is, is the way to do it. You, you just have to give up. You just have to give up. Uh, and if you want to stay sober, if you want to stay on the right track, you've got to give away what you've, what you've been given. So the second piece uh, question that I, that I get so, so often is, uh, is around dating. Um, you know, people ask me uh, all the time. I, you know, deal most of the time, uh, you know, in uh, with with men, and uh, that is something uh, that apparently is on a man's mind quite often. Uh, is uh, hey, when when can I date? Uh, hey, look, I've, I'm thinking about stepping out, and and so my my advice on that is is usually my rule of thumb is, is give yourself 12, 12 to eighteen months. 12 to 18 months where you're able to get stronger, uh, where you're able to, to know yourself. Um, whenever I was uh, coming up in, in school, uh, one of my, like, my favorite movies uh, was uh, Tom Cruise was in Jerry Maguire. And towards the tail end of that movie was like this really sappy line uh, where he says, uh, you, you complete me, right? And that was like the tearjerker moment of the movie. And uh, not for me, though, but for most people, they cried then. And, uh, so, so, but I think that, I think that really kind of, uh, brought some poisonous thinking into, uh, the dating world because what happened is it, it sowed a belief that the intent of a partner is to bring completion into another. Um, and I, I see a lot of broken, incomplete, unhealed, unwhole people that are wrestling with early recovery who are looking to a mate to fill the void that was once satisfied by the drug of choice, by the narcotic. And so when they re remove the narcotic out of their system, which provides a steady supply of dopamine and oxytocin, now in the absence of that narcotic that provides dopamine and oxytocin, um, we begin looking for a substitute for that. Well, naturally, um, that we, we, we think that, oh, wow, man, when attention from a male, attention from a female tends to kind of stimulate those same areas, those same receptors, and kind of makes me feel sort of the same way. So what happens is we begin chasing and longing after a mate to fill that void that was once occupied by narcotics. To say this a little bit differently, um, when I was uh, much younger, uh, there was an author named Shel Silverstein, and Shel Silverstein writes a book called *The Missing Piece*. 
And so in The Missing Piece, uh, the whole premise of the story is is there is uh, really simple drawings, just a little black and white, maybe with pencil or something like that. And he's got this character, and uh, he sort of looks like Pac-Man. Um, he's, he's a little, a little circle, little circle guy, but he's missing uh, a wedge out. Right. And so he's rolling along and, uh, he doesn't quite he doesn't, he doesn't roll right like the rest of his little circle buddies. So he's looking for, for the missing piece. And so he rolls along from page to page. And, uh, first he comes across, I think like a square. Um, and then, well, that, that didn't, you know, work out well. And then, and then he tries a, a circle and that just makes him bounce and he tried a wedge and the wedge was way too big to fill the, the hole it was in. So it didn't fit right. And so he just kind of like toppled over and he gets really discouraged, um, until he, he just, he dusts it off and, and he keeps rolling. And, and then eventually towards the end of the book, he finds his missing piece. Uh, he finds this piece that's just right for him. Um, and and I would argue that 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 missing piece is not it's not a mate, um, you know. As we said before in the show, that we want you to at the table come to the table. We, we want you to feel like you you belong, even if you don't believe. Um, but I, I believe that 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 contentment and that completion comes uh, from a higher power. I believe that comes from God. And and when when we find that completion and that contentment and that satisfaction in who we are in light of a creator, whatever language or framework you want to use to describe that, I think when when we feel good about who we are, when we experience healing and we experience wholeness and we experience freedom, and that usually takes, for us in recovery, it usually takes 12 to 18 months. And on the other side of that, it's like, okay, now I'm not looking for someone to complete me. I'm looking for someone to compliment me. Uh, so by the time I met my wife, Victoria, I'd been sober for several years. And honestly, like I was, I was good either way. Like I, I was okay. I was, I was rolling along. I was rolling just right. I wasn't wobbling or toppling over or nothing. Like I was, I was okay. Um, but when I met her and I saw another, uh, whole healed person, um, and we were able to, to compliment one another and, and now in marriage to be yoked together and to support one another. Um, and, and so I would just encourage our, our listeners, our folks out there who are in early recovery, just give yourself the time, give yourself the space uh, to, to know who you are um, for better or for worse, to spend some time looking in the mirror, to really understand, understand your triggers, understand what drove you to it in the first place, and to seek those releases of, of if you're looking for dopamine, you can get in the gym. I was a personal trainer. If you have questions on that, you can also hit me up at the table bristol117 at gmail.com, and I'm, I'm happy to hook you up with a fitness plan um, that, that could uh, provide that supply of dopamine. You don't need to go out and jump into a relationship earlier than you're ready. Uh, give yourself some time. Give yourself some space. Uh, we're not looking for someone to complete us. We're looking for someone to compliment us. Uh, and I guarantee at that point, you'll be able to find a healthy uh, balance um, of, of dating uh, and working on yourself and pursuing spirituality, whatever that looks like for you. So the last piece I want to touch on here as we uh, approach the, the half hour um, is as we, we think about 2024, and I, I get a lot of questions uh, around, uh, you know, resolutions, like what what should my resolution be for, for 2024? I, I bet I've got that question like five times this past week. Um, and, and I, I want to reframe that and encourage us to think less about, you know, what we want to do and more about uh, who, who we want to become. Um, because I think it's more about becoming something than, than just doing something. Um, because if, if I become something new, I'm going to 
do what that thing does. To give you an example, um, uh, there's a, a, a book that uh, Eric Carle, I'm talking about all kinds of books today. Uh, Eric Carle uh, wrote a kid's book called The Hungry Caterpillar. And um, so he talks about a, a hungry caterpillar and he's just eating everything in sight, uh, gets as fat as he can. He goes into the chrysalis, comes out on the other side, a butterfly. And, um, and when he's out and when he's a butterfly, he is uh, recreating, he's pollinating, he's doing all these beautiful things that butterflies do. Um, and I think if, if our goal is to spread beauty, create beauty, if our goal is to be like a butterfly, then, then we will naturally do things that a butterfly does, right? We will pollinate, we will fly, we will whatever it is. Uh, whenever I wanted to uh, be um, sign up for triathlons, right, I didn't think as much about uh, about trying as I did about training. I was training to become something. When I signed up for a race, I made a mental commitment. I am, I'm going to become a triathlete. This is something that I'm going to become, right? And then, and then I began aligning my habits uh, towards that outcome, my goal of becoming something different, something new, right? A new creation, a new creature, so to speak. And so it's less about doing and it's more about becoming. But the way that becoming happens is through shifting our habits a little bit at a time because it's the habits no one sees that yield the harvest everyone wants, right? It's the things you do when nobody is looking. The British cycling team was was in an awful space uh, several years ago. So so bad, in fact, I think that they only won one medal in a hundred years. And so they bring in uh, this coach. His name was Dave Brailsford. And so Dave Brailsford began with them this campaign of he called them incremental aggregate gains. And so he focused on guys. We're just we're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're not going to do anything crazy overnight. We're going to focus on getting one percent better every day. Uh, and the reality, friends, is that if you can, at any given skill, if you can get 1% better every single day, then at the conclusion of a year, you'll be 37 times better than you are right now. So for 2024, if your goal is, man, I want to become, and this is, this is the man I want to become, this is the woman I want to become, this is what I want my life to look like, okay, that outcome is great. Stephen Covey in Seven Principles of Highly Effective People, he says, begin with the end in mind. So starting with that is great. All right, now what incremental gains need to get you there? What 1% do I need to focus on? You don't have to do it all today, but just focus on getting better 1% at a time. Well, friends, I hope today was, was an encouragement for you. Um, I hope that it provided some helpful content, wrestling with some questions and resolutions and all the different things that you may be questioning and wondering about for this next year. Uh, look forward next week. I've got a good friend of mine, Brandon Hefner, joining us on the show. So we'll be back to our interview rhythm. Uh, please encourage you to send in your questions uh, to me at thetablebristol117 at gmail.com. So guys, as I say every week, I want to thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Come to the Table. I sincerely hope that it's been an encouragement to your recovery, uh, created in you some kind of curiosity about what it means to live into a new mindset of selfless service to others. If you'd like to know more about our ministry or to connect with me for some coaching or support in any way, I've given you my email five times today, uh, thetablebristol117 at gmail.com. I want to let you know that you don't have to walk this road alone, uh, that hope and redemption and beauty from ashes and light from dark Guys, these things are all so much closer than you know. Have a great week.